Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. So welcome everybody to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Elia Harris, CEO of the Potential Centre and creator of Lightbulb Moments, the podcast style course uh, that we're going to hear a lot more about in today's session. So welcome Elia. Hi, so nice to be with you, Paul. Thanks for being here and thanks for joining me from Seattle in the States, uh, yeah. one, of my, one of my first international guests. So uh, it's great to have you on. Um, so just to begin with, to give us a bit of background as to what's got you to where you are today, um, tell us a bit about yourself and your career to date. Yeah, it's it's not a straight line. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> they much. rarely are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a degree, a, a bachelor's degree in secondary education, but I decided not to teach. And I went into marketing and communications instead. So I spent some time in, in that environment. And then I moved to the nonprofit sector and I had a number of management jobs there. Um, I actually became an organization development consultant about 20 years ago, and I alternated my career between doing that and uh, nonprofit management roles. Uh, I have also um, been a a teacher of English in Mexico, having achieved my certificate in teaching English as a foreign language. I've been an organizing and productivity coach, emphasis on productivity. Um, And it's only lately that, uh, say in the past few years, that I've decided to focus solely on creative problem solving and innovation coaching and training. Oh, fantastic. Amazing, varied background and some got to be some amazing lessons you've taken from that. It's becoming a slight bit of a pattern here. And there's a number of people that I've spoken to who've got teaching in their background in some way or another. Um, tell us a little bit about your teaching experience and what, what has that taught you uh, and brought to where you are today? I actually can draw more on my experience teaching English as a foreign language than you know, traditional secondary education teaching um, because it was an immersion style uh, course for students. I was in Mexico. And even if I knew the language, which I didn't, (laughs) we were discouraged from teaching in the home language. So it gave me an opportunity to be really creative in the ways that I was getting concepts across to people. So it was very grounded in creative, practical problem solving. Nice. Uh, some amazing lessons that can be taken from the world of teaching I often say both of my parents were teachers growing up and I said oh, I'm never going to be a teacher and uh, I find myself being a teacher by proxy in some ways so uh, it's a it's a noble profession so a big shout out to all the teachers out there <laughs> absolutely um so tell us a little bit more about what you do right now I mean you, you've got the potential center we talked about light bulb moments uh, can you give us a bit more detail about what that what the potential center is and what light bulb moments is and and how it helps people? Absolutely. Um, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I help new managers, and they could be managers new to 
a management role. You know, they've switched right. companies. It's not that they're inexperienced as managers. It's just that they're working as with a new team. Right. So new managers or managers working with a new team, as well as experienced managers who are looking for new ideas, tools, and tips for coming up with more creative ideas. They've kind of run out of space for, for doing that in their own mind. Right. So that's the group that I work with. The foundation of my training and coaching is a framework called light bulb thinking. It's a very simple framework and it consists of planning because you need to have a plan in order to get to where you're going. The second stage is ideating. The third stage is choosing, you know, how do you choose the out of all those ideas the one you're going to go for and why choose that particular idea? Right. And then the fourth phase is actually either implementing or innovating your idea. And that the, it's a split path. And the path that you take depends on uh, a couple of things. You know, what's what's the goal? You know, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Are you looking for a big solution or a small solution? And so if you're ready to implement, say, within a, a few months, just with a, a little bit more uh, in the way of resources, go to it. If you think an idea is well worth developing as an innovation, because it could have much more impact, then there's a process for following uh, with that as well. Now, the way I teach is, uh, and you mentioned light bulb moments, Mm. Um, light bulb moments uses light bulb thinking as the basis. And I've purposely designed this as a podcast style course because I want people to be able to listen on the go you know time time is so finite for us so uh the courses are short they're not any longer than 20 minutes and there's also a workbook that goes with it so that Mm -hmm. you've got a place to do the exercises do your thinking do your reflection make your notes and it's um a place where you can go for remembering what the the basic principles are of creative problem solving Mm. and innovation. Um, I also have a brainstorming playbook, which is a very, very small investment. And it just takes one slice, you know, out of that ideating phase to help you and your team come up with better ideas. I do one-to-one coaching with managers that helps them identify their priorities, uh, gets them to specifically come up with uh, with ways to facilitate their team's problem solving and in general become a more effective leader. And I also sometimes do team training or training leadership teams in creating a culture of creative problem solving and innovation. Oh, amazing. I mean, I, I, I love the concept of the sort of self-led leader piece, uh, leadership development area, you know, that, that element of I want to ingest something at my own pace. Uh, I want to work in it at my own pace. Um, uh, is it something that people can dip in and out of? Mm-hmm. It, is it uh, you know, is it like a set series where you release in one per week or how, how, how do people how do people interact with light bulb moments? Yeah, um, I'm going to answer that. Uh, I'm going to go back to something that you just said a second ago, because it's really important. Being a self-led course, it basically acknowledges the fact that we are all responsible for our own professional growth. Mm. 
And so if you're going to invest in this program, you're serious about making improvements in the way you manage teams and helping them come up with creative ideas. Um, to answer your, your more recent question, yeah, the whole course is available online. You work at your own speed. There's six modules and each module stands on its own. So you can decide to start with the Teams module, for example, and then go back to the module on leadership. So you can work in whatever way you want. Uh, there are no more than seven classes in each module. And some of those classes are short and some of the modules are short. Uh, so it's, it's very easy to determine. I only have 15 minutes. What can I do today? Right. I can devote an hour and a half tomorrow what am I going to do during that time right oh fantastic so I I do think that the the world of training is and development and self-development has gone beyond you know the sage on the stage and somebody just projecting out and there's a lot of lot to be gained from that but um at best it can be interesting and at worst it can be a waste of time particularly when there's a big audience involved you know so if you've got somebody invested enough to be focused on something that's right in front of them with a problem or an opportunity that's real to them I'm guessing that that really connects them with the engagement oh absolutely and another thing that I think makes me different from other course providers is that because I have both this dual background in training as well as coaching I combine the two in my class. So essentially what people are getting are the it's the training course as well as indirect coaching from me. So in the workbook, there are a number of questions that helped help with reflecting on what you've learned or um, you know, to to kind of take on board that learning. So it's it's all there. And as part of light bulb moments, they do get a, 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 some time of one-to-one -one coaching with me as well. So right. I, I, I pride myself on being able to combine those two elements. Yeah, no, it's the uh, what I hear the term synchronous and asynchronous learning that uh, <laughs> that people can can do at their own pace, but then they might join a particular session or a team session or one-to-one uh, -one coaching. Oh, brilliant stuff! Um, and. One of the questions I was, I was really interested in, in thinking about was, you know, how do uh, your clients uh, react to the creative element of it? You know, because, as you say, people are often struggling to be more creative. You know, how, how does that open people's minds up? Do you get good uh, outcomes from people going, I, I can actually be creative I was just struggling with the process of it. You know, what, what's what's your experience in that field? That's a really good question, actually. Uh, one of the things that I do include in in the course is myths around creativity. That mm. you know, it's only artists, for example, who can be creative. Well, we are all creative in you know choosing what we're going to wear in the morning. Um, how are we going to say something? We we have choices in everything that we do. And those choices may rely on habit, which is perfectly fine. Mm. And they may rely on wanting to just mix things up a little bit. Mm. Um, so uh, there's the, those kinds of myths to dispel as well. Uh, the other thing that's important is to actually get people involved in doing this stuff. And this is the challenge. Uh, this is why I work with managers, because 
yes, I can go in and train a team, but it's really the manager who sets the tone, who's the role model. So if a manager is going to throw themselves into this idea of being creative creative and looking silly and not giving a damn, then there's more likelihood that their team will follow that approach as well. So Mm. I talk a lot about the way the brain works. Because the brain is so focused on routine and sorting data that Mm. um, this is why we have to use brainstorming tools to to kind of shake those habits up because the brain likes to follow the path, you know, kind of like when a deer takes the, the same route every night through a forest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, and because it always seems I'd heard a lot of people talking about the sort of oxymoronic element of creativity as a process. You know, it, it's always like that ha- having habits in order to um, to be creative. You know, they, they are they don't seem to marry up at, at first glance, but actually that process of following step by step allows the brain to you know be open to more uh, to other things and be more creative in that space. Is that Absolutely. sort of stuff you find? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you have a framework to follow, a process to follow, then you're not constantly thinking, okay, what do I do next? Right. And the other thing that's really interesting, because you vaguely touched on it, uh, and it's such, I find it fascinating, is that constraints actually help with creative um, thinking. That if you're, it sounds like you're being put in a box, and in a sense that, you are. Mm. But as you learn more about brainstorming tools, you find that it's actually the constraints that kind of squeeze the brain into having to think in a different way. So you come to appreciate those constraints over time. Yeah. Almost the creativity and innovation that comes around from having uh, no money or no resources. You've got to, you've got to think of a way that you can do something without just spending your way out of the problem. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so um, in terms of your performance, in terms of helping you to perform, who do you go to? How do you get help with um, being at your best? Yeah, uh, good question. Everybody needs help. Um, so my weakness is social media. And uh, for that reason, I enrolled in a uh, group coaching program. Uh, that works with business owners like me who do a lot of um, online courses. So I get coaching in that. I get training in that. I get to um, network with my peers through the Facebook group. So that's one thing I do. Um, I do a lot of reading and learning in general. I'm I'm a lifelong lifelong learner from way back. Mm -hmm. So I read books and I attend presentations by other experts on innovation, on leadership and team development. Um, I network with business owners. That's how you and I met. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Um, And I also, for inspiration, you know, like... I don't know if you ever see these on LinkedIn, but uh, occasionally you'll see posts about small business owners in developing countries, and they come up with the most imaginative ways to get around a problem, right. like you say, without spending any money. Yeah. Oh, really? I just one bit that struck me in the um, the early part of your answer there was about you're very clear that your weak, as you said, your weakness is social media. Um, how did you? come to the that conclusion you know how, how what level of self-reflection what level of, or was it literally a, 
you know feedback from other people how do you get to know your your own weaknesses and recognize them many years of tears um <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, to to be um straight about it uh I, I, I think we intuitively know what our skills and our weaknesses are. I mean, my skill is in the writing, right? but I'm not very good at, strange to say, because of my marketing background, but my marketing background was so long ago, um, to be able to take advantage of the current media. So, mm. um, you know, I, I'm training myself to learn about what that means. And I also work with vendors. So, you know, I know uh, when they're doing a good job because I understand more about social media now, but I, st I still don't want to do that work. Myself. <laughs> it's a very interesting piece, particularly with small businesses as well, isn't it? That is like I've, people who want to learn and want to learn new things, but also is that what's the best use of your energy and your time? Uh, yeah. So, so where do you where do you get the most benefit for yourself as well as for your your business? Um, and that, I know people who've taken on sort of social media um, support and um, virtual assistants and things like that that are out there. So there's lots yeah. of different ways of of slicing the pie, aren't there? From uh, from choosing what it is you want to do and how you want to approach it. Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know that that kind of falls in the category of uh, support and helping me improve my performance because. Now that I have this small team and one of the other people in the team is a copywriter, I right. enjoy writing, a, you know, I do it well, but it takes time. And so I've decided to farm that out. So mm -hmm. it, it's also been a, a strategic process of me figuring out what do I want to spend my time on? Mm -hmm. And are there other people that can do it more time effectively than me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, uh, particularly in the world of helping others perform, you know, if you, if you, how do you spend all of your energy or the majority of your energy on the things that really shift the dial for others and, and where, where do you bring in the external help now it's a really uh interesting space just to to hear people uh recognize those those challenges and you know some people burn themselves out as well by trying to do it all uh, mm -hmm. and and there is generally a tipping point with small businesses where you go right do i employ someone do i bring somebody in do i get the external help so yeah 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 awesome so Couple of um, shorter questions or, or, or different questions here about who, if you were able to help uh, any individual team or organization to perform uh, with your skill set, with your expertise and your experience, who might that be? That, Paul, would be the US Congress. Oh, I've heard of that. I, I like to <laughs> Yeah, nice. <laughs> in fact, my husband says he can see me speaking in front of Congress. Um, but seriously, um, mm. if I could take a minute to explain that, Congress is rife with stakeholders. And this mm. is actually the antithesis of creative team-based problem solving. And one of the keys to producing successful solutions is to get stakeholders involved in creative and collaborative problem solving. Mm -hmm. and this is hard to do when all of your decisions are ego-based. You know, you're either looking after your own interests or those of your constituents. Yeah. So if you can let go of that and work as a team, then this gets those stakeholders authentically engaged and it paves the way for positive outcomes. Right. 
that's a that's one challenge. I mean, we we have had people uh, on this side of the pond talking about working with government or, or very much staying away from working with the with the British government over here. But it's uh, it is one of those areas that the the systemic element of the approach to problem solving, the approach to improvement, doesn't necessarily lend itself to actual delivery or innovation or um, or creative thinking in, in in this case, does it? It's there's a lot to do uh, with the the uh, mindset mm-hmm. and the filters that you see things through. So once you can help groups of people get beyond that to work through that and accept that there are going to be differences and that you just have to be uncomfortable with some mm-hmm. of the things that you're hearing. Once those ground rules are understood and adhered to, it makes things so much easier. But that's not happening in Congress right now. Oh, well, I hope that 2023 brings you uh, an opportunity to uh, to get stuck <laughs> into that. And we'll, we'll by the end of 2024, everything will be solved. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, I, a noble endeavour, definitely. Um, and conversely to that, in terms of if you were able to sit down with any individual or team or organisation, have a cup of coffee, have a glass of wine, have those conversations that you believe you could personally take a lot out of to improve your own performance? Who might that be? (laughs) I think you'll laugh again. Um, Do you have Shark Tank in the UK? We have a version, yes. What's it Uh, called there? It's called Dragon's Den. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And I think they call it that in Canada as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would love to sit down with uh, the Shark Tank Sharks. Yeah. Um, I know that they are very product focused and uh, capital focused. But having said that, you know, they've got masses of experience working with startups. And Mm. granted, my business is not a startup, but there are similarities. And, (laughs) you know, I've been addicted to that show for years. Um, I just think that there's so much to learn from, you know, even three sharks in in a room. That would right. be heaven. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I I got a personal friend who, who was on um, the Dragon's Den version recently with a product and he uh, had some investment. He's doing go from strength to strength. Um, but it's it, it's an amazing experience whereby. It's not just, you know, you could go to any venture capitalist, you go to any, anybody for an investment, but you, by virtue of the the media element of it, as well as just the, the visibility, the acceleration yeah. that that can give you from a, um, an organization is, is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, congrats to your friend. Yeah, yeah. I've got to get him on the show. So Dave, if you're out there, you know who you are. <laughs> um, but no, brilliant and amazing stuff. And and. Where can people find out more about what you do, about the Lightbulb Moments program? Um, how do people get in touch? Uh, you can do all that through the website, which is thepotentialcenter.com. And that's C-E-N-T-E-R, the U.S. Yeah. spelling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also on the website, you'll find information about our next masterclass on the brainstorming blueprint, which takes place on January 11th. It's it's at midday here on the West Coast. So it's kind of, you know, in the evening for you guys over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a replay will also be available. Um, and I also post regularly on LinkedIn. So I do something called Wacky Wednesday, uh, where I post 
news about, you know, a great way to solve some kind of an issue. Uh, And Food for Thought Friday, which is a quote and how that might be applied to business. Um, And if you want to reach out on LinkedIn, feel free. Uh, Just tell me that uh, you heard me on Paul's podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. And I'll make sure that all of those links uh, with the right spellings uh, are in the show notes. And uh, Elliot, it's been a fascinating conversation. And I love the uh, both the approach and the content and the the purpose of the light bulb moments program and uh, i applaud you for that um and it's been thank fantastic you. to talk to you and uh, thanks for being on the show oh it's been wonderful i really enjoyed it thank you paul thanks very much thanks for listening to today's episode if you liked what you heard then please give the podcast a rate review and share i'm paul teasdale and from sausage making to banking oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.